What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air Yeah And there's screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the truth It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Come on. Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who on this town tonight Hey, Sports Talk Stop. My name is Alex Glancy Call me off for the day I'm here with Deborah Debris of uh, YourClearEdge.com. Deborah, how are you doing this morning? Oh, doing great. Looking forward to the call today. Yeah, and, um, we got a lot to talk about. Um, how was your weekend? How's your knee? Uh, knee's doing good. Going into the doctor today, so we'll see what he has to say. But uh, not ready to run races yet. But uh, certainly uh, getting around better day by day. Good. You'll be skydiving in no time. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs. We're going to do um, a little bit NFL. Talk about some uh, Tim Tebow, how he got the start in Denver. That's a very interesting topic. Um, the NBA has just uh, released that they will be canceling the first two weeks of the playoff uh, of the uh, season which is another thing we can talk about. And um, I'd like to um, touch on the life, uh, controversial as it was, of Al Davis, the, um, the uh, Hall of Fame owner of the, of the uh, Oakland Raiders. Now, first, um, a couple weeks ago I talked about how I thought that more teams should be put into the playoffs in the major leagues um, just to, to give more competition, to, to give the, the, the lower-level, uh, small-market teams a chance. Um, I completely rescind everything that I said. Ever since the playoffs started this year, um, nothing has gone as planned. Uh, the Yankees are out. The Phillies are out. Uh, Milwaukee looks stronger than ever. Um, and, and, and it's, it's really a testament to the real team aspect of baseball as opposed to just putting, uh, high money making players on a team and hoping that they can succeed. Um, let's start with the Diamondbacks. Um, had a tough, tough loss. Uh, they, you know, they were down 2-0. They came back. Um, tied up the series, went back to Milwaukee, uh, took a lead early. Um, you know, they were down one run in the ninth, and uh, uh, lo and behold, Kirk Gibson calls for the suicide squeeze, and it's successful. They tie it, goes into the tenth, and um, Milwaukee gets a game-winning single from Nigel Morgan. Um, you know, it's, it was a good season for them. Um, they, they exceeded expectations, and... Um, you know, they were a real team. You know, they, they didn't really have any outstanding superstars. Justin Upton might have something to say about that. Uh, Ian Kennedy, um, Cy Young, um, Cy Young uh, finalist. But, you know, overall, it, it was a good season. Um, but now we have just this crazy, crazy NL and ALCS um, that started with the Yankees losing in Game 5 um, to the Detroit Tigers. They had the bases loaded in the ninth. And they could not they could not score a run. Alex Rodriguez struck out, and that was it. Now, Deb, I want to talk to you about this. Um, 
there's a huge thing about mental toughness that goes on in the playoffs, and it, it's really interesting to see what players will rise to the occasion and which will falter. And Alex Rodriguez, uh, besides maybe, besides one year in the playoffs, hasn't produced jack uh, when he's been with the Yankees. Now, what 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 things what what um components you know at make that um make that equation possible? Well, anytime uh, I always look at where are some of the junctures in somebody's career. Every time you move to a higher level of expectations, there's a great possibility if you've not been trained in the mental and emotional toughness and how to respond to it and prepare for it. Um, there's always a huge possibility that somebody's going to get knocked out or knocked down. Um, when you've got a guy that you know can move from uh, even a, a lower end contract to bigger money, all of a sudden there's greater expectations. When you move from playing at a certain level in baseball to that next level in baseball, you've got greater expectations. Whatever's being said in the newspaper, whatever's being said by your friends or your teammates and the coaches can put greater expectations, and all that does is add um, added pressure. Uh, you're playing in an arena that you haven't played in before. You know, as far as uh, now, now you're up. You know, you're you're doing it, and um, that higher level of expectation uh, puts pressure on somebody. When you've got that pressure, that stress, again, you can't think straight. You don't act like you normally would act. And uh, the minute somebody starts to crumble, the opportunity for them to crumble even more and more into greater depths becomes uh, uh, even more and more likely. Uh, until they learn how to stop that downward flow and start, uh, uh, you know, handling the pressure and moving back up again. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, now, what about um, lack of motivation? Once you once you sign a ten year, two hundred fifty million dollar deal, he's gotten another deal after that. But how how if you're making that much money per year and it's all guaranteed in major leagues, which I think is a huge problem. But if you're making twenty five million dollars a year. Where's the motivation? I mean, yeah, you're on a really good team. You um, you had the best record in the um, in the American League. But again, where does the motivation come from every day to get up, go through the routines when you're getting those when you're getting those ridiculously heinously big uh, paychecks every every two weeks? Well, and that's true as well. That you know, it depends on you know, that's an individual thing. You know, if somebody is in it strictly for the money and they think that the money is the end game and all of a sudden they get the money, then there is no motivation. You know, if they're really in it, which I really believe that a majority of players uh, are in it for the love of the game, then yes, the money's important, but it's not the end-all, be-all. You know, take somebody like uh, Larry Fitzgerald. I know we're moving from baseball to football. I get that. But just as an example, got a huge contract. It hasn't done anything as far as, you know, um, giving him a lack of motivation. He's equally as motivated, if not more, um, because he plays for the love of the game. So I think when players realize while they're, why they are in um, the league, why they're playing baseball, and then play for that love of the, the league, the fans, the new players coming up, and the acceleration that they feel, then the money is um, certainly important, but it's not... Uh, it's not the end of the game or the end of their motivation. Sure. Now, the team that uh, beat the Yankees, the Detroit Tigers, are now um, in a 2-0 hole against the Rangers. Um, very exciting game last night. Um, Nelson Cruz hit a walk-off grand slam, first one in Major League uh, Baseball postseason history. Um, so going back going back to Detroit, the Texas Rangers are up two games to nothing. Um, it, it's, it's been said a lot that um, the series doesn't really start until... Uh, the home team loses, but as of now, 
you know, they are looking really, really good. Um, and you know, they're they're not one of the top they're not one of the top teams in baseball. You know, they have really solid components. Um, uh, Elvis Andrews, Josh Hamilton, um, they have solid pitching. Um, but they're not, they're not the spectacle that the Yankees are. They're not the spectacle that the Red Sox are. But, um, the past few years they've gotten it done in the postseason so far. And, um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, going to, um, the NLCS, uh, it's the Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals weren't even supposed to be here. They had, it had to be a perfect storm for them to get in the playoffs. It worked. And now, I've always said you don't want to face Albert Pujols in the playoffs, and last night uh, showed exactly why. First player in MLB history in the postseason to hit four extra base hits in one game. Um, they stomped Milwaukee twelve to two, uh, twelve to three, and um, this is this is looking to be a really good series. It's tied one one. Um, you know, I'm kind of pulling for the Brewers. Um, they're you know they're a very very small market team. Um, now. The reason why I'm I'm so infatuated with them is um I got to watch them, you know, very closely when they were playing the Diamondbacks and it seems like they're having more fun than any other team. Um I don't know when baseball became golf where you have to act polite and tuck your shirt in and make it, you know, very very proper all the time. These guys have their are getting known for their their beast um the beast movement that they do after getting a huge hit. Um and you know it's it, it's great to see them having fun. And, uh, you know, it, it gets lost in the fray a lot, especially when so much is on the line. But these guys really have nothing to lose. You know, they were brought up together through the farm system. They're tight. They're brothers. And, you know, they're, they're, um, they have sneaky talent that, um, you know, they might carry them all the way to the World Series. Um, you know, Prince Fielder is great. Ryan Braun should have won the batting title if um, Jose Reyes didn't um, get a bunch single and pull himself out of the game to force Ryan Braun to go three for four in the last game of the uh, last game of the regular season to overtake him. But um, yeah, all in all, um, they're a really solid team, and I, you know I'm pulling for them. Yeah, and I love the idea of uh, having fun. I agree with you that you know sports needs to be fun, both on the field and off the field. Um, it's that you know practice hard and then you know you play for fun. Um, and these guys, whenever they're out there and their their fans are having a great time, they're having a great time. The coaches are bought into it, and still playing hard, still taking all of their talents. Um, you know, when somebody is in a high level of enthusiasm, uh, which fun comes right up there into enthusiasm. That's really even from a scientific standpoint, when the brain, the heart, everything is is operating at its highest capacity. Um, for a high level of performance. So to me, I, I love the idea that um, not only are they having fun, but you mentioned something a little bit earlier, too, about solid and consistent. And I would rather have uh, a solid, consistent team than a team full of um, prima donnas that does really well, but they're not necessarily playing as a team. And then when they get to this type of situation where everything is on the line, they start to fall apart and point fingers. Uh, these guys are, you know, playing like you mentioned as a family and having fun doing it, and that's a perfect formula. Absolutely, and I mean, you have the you have the monopolies, you have the the Red Sox and, and the um, and the Yankees and the Phillies all sitting on the bench now, sitting sitting at home on the couch. Right, um, exactly. It's 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 really interesting to see that you know teams are still in the playoffs. You know, St. Louis isn't really anything special. You know, they have maybe the best uh, overall player uh, in, in the last 10 or 15 years with Albert Pujols. That's, you know, uh, debatable. Um, Detroit has, you know, they, they have the Cy Young winner. 
Um, they have really, really good pieces. Texas has some power, good defense, good pitching, and Milwaukee's got that 3-4 combination with Ryan Braun and uh, Prince Fielder that uh, up to this point has yet to be, has yet to be tested. So, um, you know, it, it, real, it will really be interesting what happens. Um, at this point, I don't care who wins. I'll be happy with anybody. I'll be happy with anybody. If if it brings it to Detroit, the city of Detroit needs this win. It'd be great for them. You know, their play, their football team's doing well, but they haven't won anything yet. Right. This would be really great. Texas, you know, uh, they were there last year. They didn't they didn't win it, so it'd be great to see them do it. Uh, St. Louis is one of the best baseball cities, uh, uh, bar none. You know, they they um, the uh, Cardinals won one in 2006, but uh, but since then they haven't really done all that much. And Milwaukee. As I said before, I, I'm really pulling for them because they, that city is just, they're in desperate need of something. Um, they have Green Bay, um, uh, in football, but, um, um, you know, with, with baseball, they haven't really, in baseball and basketball, they haven't really been, um, relevant in, in many, many years. So it would be really good for them to, uh, to pull something out. Yeah, I would agree. Since uh, the Diamondbacks are out, it's uh, it's nice to have teams that no matter who they are, you're you know we're willing to root for because they've all got great stories behind them. Absolutely. So now let's move to. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Arizona State. Uh, we have about two minutes to break. Uh, Arizona State uh, had a very convincing win against Utah this past weekend, winning thirty-five fourteen. Um, it's really great to see Brock Osweiler, the starting quarterback, um, perform. He's he's doing really well, you know. He's he's um, surprised a lot of people. I mean, including scouts. I've heard a lot of stuff about NFL scouts looking at him, being very, very uh, impressed. He's six eight. He's a big dude, and um, you know, he's thrown thirteen touchdowns, six interceptions, um, about seventeen hundred yards, uh, and uh, you know, he's he's really putting them in a position where they can actually make some noise and get into a BCS game. Uh, they have a really tough test with um, Oregon coming up on Saturday in in Eugene. Um, Michael James, their their star-studded running back, may be out for that game. So I don't know. It depends on uh, how much of a competitor you are. If you want the best, maybe the best player in college football to be on the field, or if you'd rather not have him on the field and win it, and then you know say sorry later. Um, but it, you know that again will be really interesting to see. Um, Cameron Marshall is doing really well. Their running back, uh, he had 21 carries for 47 yards and a touchdown last week. Um, it's it's interesting to see how they're moving up the ranks. Nobody, people are just finally starting to talk about them, and because um, you know, they've been kind of in the in the cellar recently in in the Pac-10 now Pac-12 uh, for the past few years, and um, you know it, it, in the next couple of weeks it'll be very telling to see what happens. They're ranked 18th right now uh, in the AP poll. Um, the team they lost to Illinois is ranked 16th, which is very good. Illinois six and zero. Um, people didn't really know what to expect of them this year, but because they're they're turning into a fairly good team, that works well uh, for Arizona State in the, when the BCS rankings come out, and um, that's very important because if you lose to a team, you know that's ranked 130th or 100th in the country, it it, it definitely diminishes your chances of making a BCS game. So um, yeah, you know, again, uh, Michael James, that'll that'll be it'll be tough to tell. Um, if he plays, he's not going to be at 100%. It's going to be in Eugene, which is which is a very very tough place to play. That stadium is very very loud. But if Osweiler um, can 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 rally the troops and actually you know get a win out of there, you know they might even be top 10. So um, with that, let's take a break. Um, this is Alex Clancy on the Quality Laster Sports Talk. 
internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to The Freddie Scott Show, tackling the game of life, Mondays at Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Layritz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Layritz is heard every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're talking sports with Kwame Lasseter if you have a question or comment for the show today give us a call right now the toll free number is 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 now back to Kwame Lasseter's sports talk Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. This is Alex Clancy with Dever Debris on the line. Uh, we just finished up talking about Arizona State football. Hopefully they uh, take care of business in Oregon uh, this weekend, and uh, hopefully we won't. Ha- we haven't heard the last of them. Um, moving on to the NFL, uh, let's start with the Cardinals. Uh, um, one and four, um, not looking too hot. Um, maybe one of the bottom three teams. Uh, in the NFL, up to date, the Minnesota Vikings shellack them. They put up 28 first quarter points, three rushing touchdown by three rushing touchdowns by Adrian Peterson, um, and this has pretty much been par for the course. Uh, after winning their first game against Carolina, uh, against Cam Newton in his first game, where they almost lost that game as well, uh, they've lost four in a row. Their defense is suspect at best, um, albeit they have very young defensive backs. Um, and, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's a growing process, but they have to perform to some extent. Um, Kevin Cobb, you know, it, people didn't realize it's going to be, it's, it's a growing process. You know, it's a new system. Um, he's, he's thrown for 1,200 yards, five touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, Beanie Wells is really the only, the only silver lining of this whole, uh, of this whole debacle they have. He's run for 381 yards in four games. He missed one game, scored six touchdowns. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is solid, but he needs help, and, and the defense really isn't giving it to them. Um, what I see is either they need to make a change in the coaching in, in, with the coach with Ken Wisenhunt. People have been fired for less. They're one and four. They're looking horrendous in a tough, in, in an easy division. You know, 
it, it's really frustrating to see because there is talent there. They brought Todd Heapin, a veteran tight end. They have Adrian Wilson, uh, another veteran. Larry Fitzgerald is still one of the most prolific receivers. Early Doucette's playing really well. Beanie's playing well. Kevin Cobb just needs to manage the game better and not turn the ball over. And I think that starts with the coach. You know, the coach needs to put put these players in positions where they can score, and the defense needs help as well from the defense of the new defensive coordinator. Um, you know, it, they need leadership, and it, it's it's. I don't know if it should be coming from Larry Fitzgerald. He's always been a leader by example. Always, he's 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 the exact opposite of everything that is wrong with the NFL. He's the most just. He's a good guy. He's quiet. He gets the job done. He doesn't complain, and he deserved the contract that he got, even if the team is kind of meddling right now. So what do you think, Deb? Do you think that that Larry Fitzgerald should take a more vocal leadership role, like sit down his team, tell him to shut up, and and have him speak? Or What, what do you think needs to be done here? Well, I think there's a combination of several things. One of them, certainly uh, someone from Larry Fitzgerald, which I, I can't imagine anybody, any place on any team, who doesn't respect him as a human being, as a man, and as a player, um, that they wouldn't listen to what he has to say. Um, so certainly that could be beneficial. I also look at... Um, you know, I hear this all the time with teams and new teams and stuff and the whole thing about growing pains and the growing process and there's, you know, new guys on the field and there's this and that, which is all true. But at the same token, when you've got that much talent on a team, which the Cardinals do, I mean, they've got a great deal of talent, right. um, then, you know, then it's not a talent issue. You know, it's how do you coordinate that talent and have the talent believe in themselves and believe in the team as a whole. And to me, of course, I always go back to the mental and emotional aspect of it, that if they have, uh, if they're not believing in themselves as individual players, there's no way they can believe in themselves as a team or, uh, um, or believe in their coaches. Um, when you've got a coaching staff that uh, is struggling, you know, it's like anybody else. They say all the, the right things at the right time, but you don't. You know, none of us know really what they're saying behind closed doors. Um, it's a concern to me as to how players are being taught and handled handled as a whole athlete. Um, there's the athlete that has the talent that plays on the field, but it's the whole athlete as to, you know, what's being done to help these athletes off the field as well as on the field so they can come together, just like we talked about in baseball, uh, as a whole team in that whole brother aspect of, I got your back no matter what, dude, we're going to make this happen and keep that momentum throughout the entire game. Uh, there's so much that could be done along the mental and emotional aspect, both at a coaching level and at a player level, that I think would be of huge benefit. Sure. I mean, it, I think one of the big things is that um, with the lockout, you know, the OTAs were at a minimum. Um, they didn't really have much time for team-building exercises. And you have rookies, you have veterans coming in, you have a new quarterback, you have a new defensive coordinator. It's difficult to mesh all those together in the short time that they had and go out and perform Unless, you know, that, that's, and they're one of the teams that have had to adapt very quickly, and they haven't done it very well. Um, maybe this year will be a throwaway year. I mean, the yeah, one saving grace. They afford year after year. Well, the, the, the one saving grace with this team is that they are in uh, potentially the weakest division in the NFL. Um, San Francisco is, is, is uh, you know, nobody expected this. 
They're four and one. Um, they they have a plus sixty four point differential against their opponents. Um, Frank Gore is, is is revitalized. Alex Smith, you know, he's playing a lot better than people thought he was thought he was going to. Uh, they beat Tampa Bay forty eight to three. These scores don't really happen in the NFL much anymore. You know, Sons this year, they haven't really had these huge blowouts, especially because Tampa Bay has actually been playing pretty well this year. Um, Alex Smith threw for 170 yards and three touchdowns. Um, that's not normal numbers. Uh, Frank Gore, 20 carries, 125 yards and a touchdown. You know, it, this team is, again, talking about a working team, they're usually a defense and running team. That's why Alex Smith still has a job. Um, and they're they're doing it to perfection, pretty much perfect uh, up to this point. And things are just starting to gel. Jim Harbaugh is in there, and he's 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 doing a really really good job with that team. Now, having said that, we have maybe besides you know in recent history, I don't think there have been as many compelling storylines as there are in the NFL this year. It's, it started off with the lockout. You know, nobody really understood what was going to happen. Nobody knew how people would perform. And you have the Detroit Lions, who are 5-0. and You have the Giants, who are 4-1, and as I stated previously. The Buffalo Bills are 4-1. and San Diego's 4-1. and They haven't started 4-1 and in a long time. And I find myself never being bored watching sports, watching the NFL on TV. I'm never like, oh, I can't believe that game's on. Because either the two teams are terrible and you want one of them to win, or uh, the Lions are on, and, 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 and as of last year, nobody wanted to watch the Lions or two years ago. So it's really exciting to see these teams coming together. There's a lot of very, very compelling storylines. And I don't, know, I don't know what that has to do with. I don't know if, it's, if it's, it makes people come together closer and faster with the, with the lockout who have been part of, a, um, part of a team before, unlike the Cardinals. I just I don't know, but I, you know I'm not complaining. Yeah, it certainly has been exciting. There's no doubt about that. And to see some of the even some of the individual players that have broken out and uh, you know done extremely well, and you know it's it's uh, it's definitely been fun to watch and fun to be a part of. Absolutely. And um, let's go to um, New Orleans and Carolina. Cam Newton's really good. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, he's. They're one and four, but all of their games have been extremely close, and they've been against very tough competitors. You know, they almost beat Green Bay. They just almost beat New Orleans. I am so happy that he's doing well, because there were so many naysayers, so many. And talking about somebody that's won his whole life, this kid just came into Auburn uh, last year and just blew the roof off. That's all he did. All he did was win. He won. He won the national championship. He goes, "Thank you very much, guys. I'm going to go win in the NFL now." And not yet, but soon. That team is atrocious. Without uh, you know, Steve Steve Smith is good. He's got his career revitalized by this young kid. And uh, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart are starting to come into their own a little bit. But it's still tough to share carries, uh, no matter who you are. Uh, D'Angelo Williams had a great game last week, um, but he hasn't done much up to this point. Um, th- and, and they're an exciting team to watch. And Roger Goodell cannot the end of the. Commissioner of the NFL could not be happier that this guy is doing well because the ratings are probably through the roof with Carolina games. Well, that's the thing. I think when, you, when I see somebody like Cam Newton, who, again, he's you know first-year quarterback, not supposed to be this good. It's, it doesn't happen, and yet he's doing it. Um, and whether you look at the win-loss record, I look at the, the amount of growth 
that I see in him from week to week to week and the hunger um, not only to win but to learn. So, uh, you know, I see a good solid player coming into the league that's, uh, you know, just learning everything he can possibly can and asking the questions and then going out and applying that information and seeing what the response is uh, and then coming back and learning some more and doing it all over again. So he's very exciting to watch. Uh, Seems like a just a good, solid player who's can, you know, I think we're going to continue to watch him grow and just continue to get better and better week to week. Yeah, um, he's got that smile. He's got that Carmelo Anthony smile. (laughs) Whenever something good happens, he's not afraid. He's not going to show you the tough face. He's going to show you I'm a kid and I'm enjoying my life in in the NFL. Unbelievable. You know, Carmelo made that smile um, popular when he was with Syracuse when they won the national championship when he was a freshman. And... Cam Newton had that same smile all the way through last year at Auburn, and this year he's jumping on his he's jumping on his teammates. Him and Steve Smith have already built this camaraderie that sometimes takes years and years to build, and they did, well they they have attested it to arm strength and speed. It's not so much like the Peyton, Peyton Manning Marvin Harrison where it's just route running, route running and uh, pinpoint precision. Now Cam Newton won't be able to do this forever. They're gonna they're gonna start having defensive packages that will make him make precision passes and not bomb the ball down the field. But for now, it's fun to watch. I'm really happy for him. And you know, Steve Smith, Steve Smith should should buy him a car or something because he's got him back on the radar. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's an easy guy to root for. That's for sure. You know, so uh, you know they're one and four. They easily could be four and one. Um, you know, and and in that division. You know, anything's really possible. Man, you know, I really wish that he would have won one more, one or two more of those games. So it would make that division. New Orleans is 4-1, and one, Tampa Bay 3-2 and two in the NFC South. So in, in essence, it's still up for grabs. There's not one team in the NFL that has any sort of runaway yet. Right. Um, I cannot wait. And we can talk about this. We have about a minute till break. I cannot wait until Detroit and Green Bay play on Thanksgiving. They're both 5-0. and oh. They both have fairly favorable schedules. Detroit has... San Francisco, Atlanta, Denver, Chicago, and Carolina. You know, they could definitely win four out of five of those. Green Bay with St. Louis, Minnesota, San Diego, Minnesota again, and Tampa Bay. They could definitely be 10-0 going in, going into Thanksgiving. So that, that might be the game of the year up to that point. And yeah, I hope that you know. They're definitely going to have the following and the, the crowd that's going to cheer both sides on. So it'll be exciting from every aspect. And a Detroit Lion game on Thanksgiving hasn't been relevant in years. And playing against the the the, uh, the reigning Super Bowl champs, I don't know if we can get much better than that. So you know, and uh, and newsflash: Aaron Rodgers is still good, um, still the best quarterback in the NFL in my eyes. Um, they beat the Falcons 25-14. Uh, Falcons put up 14 points pretty quick, and then that was about it. Then they started chipping away. Mason Crosby kicked four field goals. Um, two, a huge touchdown pass to James Jones. Um, Aaron Rodgers ended up with 396 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, he's still instilling himself as the best quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady might have something to say about that because uh, Aaron Rodgers has some more weapons. But with that said, uh, we're going to take a break. Come back on the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network. And let's talk football. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports You're talking sports with Kwame Lasseter. If you have a question or comment for the show today, give us a call right now. The toll-free number is 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Now, back to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. This is Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk with Alex Clancy. Kwame is out for the day. I'm online with Deborah Debris of yourclearedge.com. Check it out. Sports Psychology. It's a very, very interesting website. You can watch videos, read all the stuff she has to say. It's, it's, also, it's very, very interesting stuff. So we were talking about the NFL. Um, one, of the very, one of the most compelling um, stories over the, over the weekend was Tim Tebow. Chargers beat the Broncos 29-24. Tebow came in mid-third quarter, I believe. They were down 26-10. And Tim Tebow kept him in the game. You know, he, he didn't have stellar numbers. He's never had stellar numbers in the NFL. He's 4 for 10 for 79 yards and a touchdown. But he ran for uh, 6 carries, 38 yards, and a touchdown. So he's definitely, and, and he was named the starter for, um, or he hasn't been named the starter yet. They're going into a bye week. And, uh, oh, no, John they Fo- named him this morning. Oh, they did this morning? Yep. Okay, so John Fox pulled the trigger. And I, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great thing for football. I think it's a great thing for Tim Tebow, and I think it's going to be a great thing for Denver in the long run. Because really, you're not going to make the playoffs this year. You're not going to be in contention. You're not going to be relevant. Let's see what the kid's got. Instead of having people tell him what he's going to do in the NFL, let him show you. You know, he was he was drafted 25th in the first round, 25th overall in 2010. Let him play. Kyle Orton really hasn't done anything for you except for... You know, cause gray hairs and hair loss. Um, he's he's uh, Tim Tebow's a born winner. He's got that passion. He's got that pat that just pure passionate love for the game and wanting to succeed. He's been a winner his whole life in Florida. He shattered touchdown records, and I think he's ready to go. And I think it's time. I think it's time. Well, I think we go back to that enthusiasm. Uh 
comment that I made earlier as well, that when you've got somebody that's full of enthusiasm and uh, has got talent to back it up, then there's not a whole lot that can beat that. You know, I think Tebow's got that. It's going to be interesting to see if his mental game is up for all this. I mean, he had really nothing to lose coming into the game right. uh, over the weekend because, uh, you know, he was fighting for a position. Now that he's got the position, he's going to be fighting to keep it. Um, and that's that's a whole different ball game in the mental and emotional aspect of things. Um, certainly the fans want him. Um, he wants the position. So it'll be interesting to see if he can take this young talent and put some maturity to it and uh, uh, learn how to, um, you know, play the game at this level. You know, the game goes a lot faster when you're in the NFL than it did in college. So he's got some learning curve to go along with this, and they're going to have to reorganize their team around him a bit to play into his style, which means, you know, his whole offense has got to uh, uh, shift a bit to be able to play with him. So it'll be interesting to watch, but I'm uh, excited to see it happen. Yeah, me as well. I I just hope he doesn't get hurt. Um, Again, with his playing style, his kind of hybrid throwing, running, playing style, uh, although he's bigger than the quarterbacks, like that, he's bigger than Michael Vick. Um, he's taken more hits. He, he gets hit all. He got hit all the time in college, just you know, on the goal line stands and and the quarterback leads and whatnot. Uh, but these guys are bigger than the players in college, obviously. And hopefully, he can stay healthy. And hope I really hope he succeeds. Denver is really excited. They've been chanting his name for weeks, and they're getting the chance to see. So hopefully, if he's not tarred and feathered, I think he'll be around. Uh, be around in Denver for a while. I mean. Uh, Again, he broke every he broke touchdown records in college. He won the Heisman, the only the only sophomore to ever win the Heisman. He he was responsible for fifty five touchdowns in the two thousand seven season. They won the national championship in two thousand eight. He was responsible for forty four forty two touchdowns. This kid knows how to get in the end zone, and if you have a nose for the end zone, you'll make it somewhere in the NBA, especially with the odd skill set that he has. So again, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I feel bad for Brady Quinn because apparently Brady Quinn came over from Cleveland and he was the number two, he, he was the number two quarterback on the depth chart and nobody's heard from him since. So I, I do feel bad for him, but um, the crowds want what the crowd wants, what the crowd wants. And well, and this is uh, you know these guys are commodities. It's you know you're only as good as your last play. So uh, you know this is a business that they're running right now. Tebow gives them hope. You know, not only the fans, which the fans are important, but more importantly is the you know the the team and the players. And uh, Tebow brings them some hope of uh, some wins. Very, very true. Now let's move on to the Jets and the Patriots. Jets are two and three, haven't won a game on the road yet. Uh, again, second news flash: Tom Brady is still really good. Uh, Twenty-four for thirty-three, three hundred twenty-one yards and a touchdown. Um, he got some help. From the running game, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, they call him the law firm, 27 carries, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. Wes Welker is leading the National Football League in yardage by a receiver. And as a slot receiver, that's unheard of, especially with all the deep threats, all the big all the big boys that, um, uh, that you have, the Andre Johnsons and the Calvin Johnsons and the Roddy Whites. Um, but yeah, he's just quietly, well, not so quietly anymore, but he's definitely putting up the numbers that's helping Tom Brady and the Patriots uh, reached that 4-1 record. Uh, it's interesting to see because Buffalo's 4-1 too in that AFC North, and uh, it's going to be a race. There's going to be a lot of good records. I'm sorry, AFC East. There's going to be a lot of good records in the AFC, 
And uh, when push comes to shove near the playoffs, we'll see if Buffalo has what it takes. I, ho- I hope they do. Uh, Drayton Florence, um, who we had on a couple weeks ago, forced a fumble, a big fumble, in um, in the game last week where Buffalo won against Philly. And Philly is a whole story altogether. Now, one thing that Arizona could say and be happy about is that they have the same record as the Eagles, and the Eagles were supposed to win the Super Bowl. So, see what happens with that. Michael Vick, four interceptions. Now, it's not as bad as it looks, but it's still bad. Um, he's getting hit. He's not getting protected at all, and it's showing. You know, he's, he's he doesn't have the stellar numbers that he did last year. He's turning the ball over incessantly, and their defense is suspect as well. Um, it, it, it's it, They're getting run all over. Fred Jackson had 196 all-purpose yards, which can't happen if you want to win a Super Bowl. You can't let that happen. Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't even have a huge day. 21-27, 193 yards, a touchdown and a pick. But the four interceptions, you can't win if you turn the ball over that many times. And there's something wrong with the psyche of that team, Deborah. That I don't know. The coach's head, Andy Reid, has been has been told he was going to be fired so many times, and they never did. With the Donovan McNabb and everything, they're fighting, and then them being one and four. This might actually be the real deal, and I just don't know who's to blame at this point. Well, I know watching Michael Vick during the interview, um, his post uh, post game interview. He was saying all the right things, but his eyes looked just dead. I mean, he just looked so um, out of it, um, just like he'd had the, you know, bejesus beat out of him, <laughs> yeah. which I think is what's been happening over the last several weeks. You know, he, you know, got chastised for his style, you know, that he needed to throw, you know, stay in the pocket and all that kind of stuff. Then he stays in the pocket. What does he do? He gets hit over and over and over again because his guys aren't, uh, you know, aren't, uh, you know, keeping the, the team away from him. So, you know, it's no matter what he tries and tries to do right, it doesn't seem to quite matter. Um, now certainly that doesn't take some of the, some of the blame or the inconsistency off of his shoulders either, but, uh, he's gotta have a team around him that can play up to his level in order for him to, uh, make the adjustments and play the way they're asking him to play. And, uh, yeah, it's a tough situation. I can't even uh, start to imagine what it's got to be like in the locker room. But then also whenever these guys go home at night and have to deal with their own thoughts and their own emotions, uh, which goes back to that self-identity of, uh, you know, what do you do? Right. You know, you're one person on a team, each, any, any one of them individually, and until they can come together, which is part of the coaches as well as the leadership of the team's responsibility, until they can come together as a true team of individuals who are strong in their own right and then even stronger as a team, they're, they're going to have a tough go. It's tough to turn, turn it around once they're down, you know, headed downhill like that. Right, and, and the NFL is very fickle like that because if one player doesn't play well, i.e. your quarterback, or gets hurt, mm-hmm. um, uh, look at the Colts. It's, it's detrimental. Any team that doesn't have two starting quarterbacks, which doesn't happen, um, they become very average at best. Right. And luckily, at least Philadelphia has an okay defense. They haven't lived up to expectations thus far, but they're not atrocious. They're not Arizona's defense. Um, however... Michael Vick needs to perform for them to win. And that's just the way it is. Um, you know, it, it's frustrating for me because I, I really root for Michael Vick. I think he's made it back. 
through the depths of hell that nobody thought he would come back from, and to for, for it for it to start like this is, is kind of troubling. Um, you haven't heard the last of, of Philly, you know they'll be fine. It's just this year. So there's so many surprise teams so far that there's really no room for error. If you're supposed to be a good team, you need you need to win games. You need to win games, and you know they just haven't so far. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, you know, that's another compelling story about how about the downfall so far of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, now, he's also carrying that burden of expectation on him as well, right. which so many are. Right. Absolutely. Um, Oakland and Houston. This was one of my favorite games of the uh, of the weekend. Um, I like Oakland. I like Oakland <laughs> a lot. You know, it's it, it, and I never thought I'd say that. Um, now, with the passing of Al Davis, which we'll, which we'll speak about later, this was a very emotional win for Oakland. You, you'd see tears shed all over the field after the game was over, especially was especially because Houston almost came back and won. If Matt Schaub would have run the ball into the end zone instead of trying to pass it, right. Houston probably would have won. But, you know, it, it worked out. It worked out in their favor. Jason Campbell is playing out of his mind. He's playing so well, controlling games. He's getting... Great, he's getting great production from his from his run game. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay, uh, who was uh, who was uh, picked over Michael Crabtree in, in a draft a few years ago. Um, everybody was like, "What is Al Davis doing? What is Al Davis doing?" And it's starting to pay dividends, and that's the beauty of Al Davis. And, and we'll definitely be talking about that soon. Um, but Oakland again is a force to be reckoned with. They they have a great run game. Their defense is starting to become more and more ferocious, like they used to be. And Raider Nation is is starting to rise up again, and uh, this might pave the way for them moving back to L.A., which I feel bad for Oakland, but it's going to happen at some point. I think I think it's 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 almost it's almost a sure thing, especially because that's all Al Davis wanted was to stay in L.A. They moved them back. They moved to L.A. They moved them back. Uh, Al Davis um, filed a grievance. Didn't come through. And I think his last wish would be for this team to be in L.A. And, um, you know, I, I think that with their brand, which is one of the biggest brands of all sports, I think that L.A. could handle this team and blow it through the roof and make it make it a team that people want to watch. So uh, with that being said, let's take a break. Uh, this is Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris on the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio. Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're talking sports with Kwame Lasseter. If you have a question or comment for the show today, give us a call right now. The toll-free number is 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Now, back to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. We have Alex Clancy and Deborah Debris, and I believe we have a special guest on the line. Is that correct? That's correct. What's how you guys doing? Oh, good, man. You just checking in on your show? Yeah, man. I'm uh, I thought I'd call in. I got a break in between holes, golf holes. Oh yeah. Yeah. What'd you shoot on the front? No, man. We just started. <laughs> I was going to give you guys a call earlier, which I should have. But oh, uh, nothing's not bad, man. I'm out here in New Jersey, I'm in Hackensack, New Jersey. Cool. And it's a NFL alumni event. Love it. Well, hopefully so, you shoot twelve under. Yeah, I wish. I shoot under. I just got to work my game back. I've been off for about five months, so it's coming back, though. Should have worked yeah. with me first, dude. You could have done it. Is that, say it again? I said you should have worked with me before you went. You could have done that. Mental and emotional. It was, it was last minute. I, it was, um, hey, I do my I, work I over the phone. I would have called Deborah. <laughs> All right, call yeah, me. It was, it was last minute. <laughs> I want to ask um, about your take on Al Davis. Al Davis. I'll tell you about Al Davis. Um if you played with him or played against him, um, then you know he was a good guy, man. I couldn't wait till we go to Oakland and he's in the middle of the field. I tell you, he always sitting on the, uh, he would sit on our bench when we come there and just so we can see him. But he was, a, in my opinion, I thought he was one of the perfect pioneers to the game as far as an owner's concerned, man. But he loved his players. He didn't have a problem with guys he played against unless it was after the game. But Al Davis, pioneer, um, innovator, um, stand-up guy, in my opinion. Never had an issue with him or anything like that as far as him being a, you know, being that guy on the field. Yeah, he was um, pretty controversial throughout throughout his tenure. Um, he was a commissioner what? of the, the AFL in 66, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 68, 66, 68, I want to say. But, yeah. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, controversial, and you know what? Sometimes that's good. I mean, coach, you know, sometimes no. that's good because uh, you gotta when everything's going too smooth. Or, I wouldn't even say smooth when everything's going according to someone else's plan. It's okay to be controversial just so they can open their eyes. I like I like orange, but I won't disregard an apple. I eat apples, though. I mean, I said <laughs> fruit is a fruit, but you got to make sense out of what it is because um, everybody, everyone doesn't see the same thing uh, in the same way. Sure. Well, that's the thing. When somebody can push the envelope like he did and 
you know, make um, choices that were not always popular, but he was just ahead of his time, and that happens with anybody, even inventors and that. You know, everybody points fingers until all of a sudden it turns out well, and they go, oh, my gosh, what a great decision. What an intelligent person he was. Oh, absolutely. Um, but look, they're not willing the to do it themselves. No, because they, you know what? Because everybody have an image problem, and it, I, I truly believe this to this to this day, people have an image problem. They have a conscious problem. They worry about what about everyone else going to say about them. Right. Look what he look what he did before the NFL made teams do it. He's hired Hispanics. He's hired uh, African Americans. He's hired women. Mm-hmm. Uh, no other team was doing that before him. So exactly, uh, they they didn't want they didn't want to be the first one. It's kind of like I don't know if you guys know the story of the. Uh, uh, Alabama, Christmas, Christmas time, Alabama. When they first hired, when they first signed a black guy, what the coach did was took his team, what had the USC team from California come down and see and let the owners and the boosters and the the, uh, the people up the university break that discrimination line. You know, you you we need these type of players if you want to win games. Don't tell me win with this certain t- this certain team, these certain players. <laughs> uh, we need certain players on our team to win games. Uh, and USC went out there and destroyed Alabama. And Alabama was winning championships now, uh, but they was at a point at a standstill where whereas they couldn't, they didn't win anymore. So you had to get certain, you had to break the color barrier. And I think, uh, I want to say it was Bear Bryant. I want to say it was that guy who um, made it known to the change that you need to make. Sure. I mean, he's yeah, he's always been an innovator. Um, people forget that him drafting Jamarcus Russell was not the first controversial uh, player move that he made. You know, he traded Ken Stabler after the 80 season, I believe, yeah. uh, for contract dispute. Um, they got Dan Pastorini uh, from the Oilers, which turned into Jim Plunkett when Pastorini <laughs> got hurt, and they won Super Bowl 15. Yeah. And, and then Marcus Allen, that, that's one that surprised me the most. Was Marcus Allen just got benched because of the contract dispute? Al Davis just instills his leadership, and he's like, "It's my way or get out." And that's always how it's been. See the future a lot better than others. Sure, and uh, well, the only the one misstep was maybe getting rid of John Gruden when they met him in the Super Bowl that year and uh, lost uh, to Tampa Bay. But I I mean, I guess we'll see. You know, it's either way. He's a he's a beloved figure, regardless if he's controversial. Um, you know, he, he's, he's definitely an innovator and, um, he's going to be missed. And, uh, I think, you know, Jerry Jones is, is pretty much live, he, he masked himself around Al Davis and, and uh, even, even a little bit of Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban kind of, he's, he's, he's an outlier, he's loud and he's going to be on the field, maybe not in a sweatsuit like Al Davis rocked, but you know, it, it, all right. So let's, um, let's move to the, uh, to the NBA lockout. Um, it was said that uh, the first two weeks of the season will be canceled. Um, players aren't caving, and it's definitely taking um, more time than expected. Um, the players right now have 57% of the uh, return on basketball in, uh, uh, inventory. Um, they're offering the owners to drop it to 53% for the players, and the owners want 50-50. Um, I necessarily, let me ask Kwame, I mean, thinking we have about three minutes to close, so give it to me quick, but um, I think that if the players play, they should get more. Is that not correct? Um, you, well, you can look at it that way, uh, but the players could be the product, but you got to look at how this business started. The owners made this money, money, and that's how they feel. And you got to think that if they put that product on the field, this is the product they choose to put out there, so they shouldn't have to pay anyone 
for their earnings, how they made their money, and what they decided to do with it. But then you can't make that money if you don't have those players, those Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, those Dirk Riskies. You can't make this money without those guys if you're going to stay in a professional arena. Uh, I'm not saying the owners right. I'm not saying the players right. But they got to come into a common, common ground on how much of the revenue is going to be. I really believe it should be split it up. Split up. If, yeah. um, if you want to be perfectly honest about it, split the revenue up. Uh, although it is the owner's money, they brought the money to the table. They brought the team to the table, but it's not going to happen without the players. Right, and I mean, we're, it's really a fight against uh, millionaires versus billionaires with the players and owners. So billionaires usually always win. Uh, Billy Hunter, the player, uh, player association executive director, said that they figure that once a player misses a check or two, it's over. I'm just saying that would be a horrible mistake if they think that's going to happen. I'll tell, tell you of this, um, and I'll get off the line after this. If the NBA does do not play this year, I don't think it's going to be a problem. All we're going to do is have the NBA overseas, and that's going to benefit their program because they're willing to pay. There's, there's a lot of billionaires over, overseas as well with professional teams, and most of those guys come here, and we've taken some of their stars. So uh, obviously they have stars there that can play basketball. The NBA is just going, and they're going to get the TV revenue. Mm-hmm. It's just going to transfer from here to there. But we're going to have the NBA, when you can pay Kobe Bryant for, for 10 games, $6 million, eventually those numbers going to be, uh, they're going to make sense where we got more of our NBA stars overseas playing ball, and it will be televised. Sure. Sure, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, and that helps the guy. I mean, that'll work for the guys that uh, already have a name, but the guys that are coming into the league that don't have a name, they're kind of uh, left out in the in the cold. Sure. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but that, yeah. that, that, money, that money talks. Yeah. All right, call me. I'm, I'm not. I'm not All right, I appreciate you guys. I'm not trying to get you fined. We got 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm appreciate. No, I'm out. Appreciate you guys. All right, thanks, call me. Um, right. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris, call me. Be back next week. Thanks for listening on the Kwame Lasker Sports Talk Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.